This is the Full Frontal Living Podcast. I'm your host, master coach, and emotional resiliency expert, Lisa Carpenter. I'm here to be your guide through real, raw conversations, navigating life as a high achiever. This show covers what it takes to create physical and emotional well-being, along with how to honor and partner with your body. I'm here to guide you to a connected relationship with yourself, turning self-care into a way of being and not just another task on your to-do list. After all, the things we love, we take care of. This podcast gives you permission to love what you do, but love yourself more. Welcome to the Full Frontal Living Podcast. Well, hey, hey, thank you for tuning into another episode of the Full Frontal Living Podcast. And today I am so excited to bring you a dear client of mine. Her name is Belinda Smith, and she is the CEO of The Root Cause and is one of Australia's leading independent voices in children's health and an advocate for real food in our schools. She is a mom, the author of The Lunchbox Effect, a health coach, and the creator of the children's health program, The Thermo Lunchbox Reset, Kids Health Quest Membership, and Peaceful Meals for Mums program. She and her husband spent over two years traveling Australia, visiting 100 schools, empowering kids to make better food choices, and making it easier for parents to get their kids eating healthier. Her work has now reached over 37,000 children, parents, and teachers. And Belle has been featured on national and regional TV and radio, and her work has been mentioned in Parliament. Now, the reason I had Belle on, although that bio sounds super, super impressive, is She's a phenomenal human and her vision and her mission is so in alignment with what I come on the podcast and talk to you about your physical and your emotional well-being. And her vision is really to create a generation of healthy food literate children who choose real food every day. It's a pretty amazing thing. And now more than ever before, we really need to be focused on how we can make our kids well. But what's even more important is she really is focusing as well on the parents because we can preach to our kids till we're blue in the face. But as a parent, you also need to be committed to your health. And your health also needs to be a priority, not just for your kids, but for yourself. And Belle is here to help the moms and dads she work with learn to let go and also have their own peaceful relationship with food. So the gateway may be coming into work with Belle because you've got a super picky eater at home, but to be able to go deeper and say, well, what is my relationship with food and how can that shift for me as well? So please enjoy this amazing conversation that Belle and I had. Make sure that you give her a follow over on Instagram at the root cause and uh, make sure you check out her work. If you've got kids at home and mealtime is not so peaceful. Enjoy this conversation. Hey, hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning into another episode of the Full Frontal Living podcast. And today I'm excited because I have one of my favorite people on, Belle from The Root Cause, who is also one of my phenomenal clients, her along with her husband. And uh, I brought her on the show today because I wanted to have a conversation about children's health 
and what is going on with our kids and their eating behaviors and habits. And uh, this is what Bell specializes in. This is what you've grown your entire business around. And, you know, through working with me, and if you're tuning into the podcast, you know, people's physical well being is really high up on my values, things that I talk about. And I'm incredibly passionate about people creating wellness for themselves physically and emotionally. And that, filters down to our children as well. So I thought that this would be a great conversation to have with you, Belle. And through our work together, you've really learned that so much of what you teach, right? What people think is the problem is not the actual problem. And you're having to come at now how you're approaching parents around their kids in a completely, well, not, I don't want to say a completely different way, but you're kind of doubling down on where you need to go to support parents in taking better care of their kids. So before I keep rambling on, because that's what I'll do, can you introduce yourself to everybody, let them know really what the root cause is all about? And then we're just going to see where this conversation takes us. Look, thank you so much for having me on. You know, I absolutely adore you and the things that I'm learning from you are actually the things that I'm discovering we need for our parents in the work that I do. So the root cause stands for children's health. And we traveled Australia, my husband and I and my family for two and a half years, visiting over 90 schools around Australia, sharing the message around what's going on with children's health. So um, and we empower kids to make better food choices because the reality is when our kids actually understand about food and their body and how it can make them feel, then our jobs as parents becomes easier. We stop needing to have the arguments with our kids around eat your damn fruits and vegetables because they actually just inherently get that message. But what we discovered as we've travelled around is that the awareness about food and what's actually in our food is so far removed from you know, from people's mind, like people are gobsmacked when they actually learn what is actually in the food that we're feeding kids. Now, why I'm so passionate about this is because like in Australia, I'm just going to quote Australian statistics, but 43% of our kids uh, now have at least one form of chronic illness. Like that's an illness that will require ongoing medical treatment for the rest of that child's life or where their ability to participate in life will be severely impacted. Now, we pretty closely follow US trends, and they're now researchers indicating that by 2025, like just four years away from now, eight in 10 kids are likely to suffer one or more chronic illnesses. Like, get your head around that. 80% of our kids and, I mean, I, the reason why we stand for that is because I personally can't sit back and let that happen. Like, I just can't. Well, it's I'm getting teary now. And I, that's why I had you on because you're so passionate about this, right? And what's going on with our kids reflects what's going on with the adults as well, you know? And as I said, we're, you know, we're not going to go down this path, but as we've seen around the globe, as we've all navigated this global pandemic, our health matters, how healthy we are matters in how well we're able to deal with things like this when they come up, right? Chronic illness is, it puts us at risk, puts our kids at risk. 
and uh, you know the work you're doing around supporting parents feeding their kids, it really is also about supporting the parents feeding themselves, right? So do you want to talk a little bit about how you actually help these parents, right? Because I've got, you know, Jake, Jake is nine and his vegetable repertoire is very slim. He'll always eat them, but they're very slim. I, there's no food arguments in our house because we just don't, you know, we just don't roll that way. He's very open to trying everything. We have a we have a one bite rule. You have to have a bite of everything. If you don't like it, you don't have to have any more. I don't I've never made my kids I've never forced them to clean their plates. I think that creates destructive eating patterns as they grow up because then I get adults who feel like they have to eat every last scrap on the plate instead of actually tuning into their own intuitive wisdom about how to eat. So as parents I think this is a really big problem because, you know, having worked with so many women for years around their bodies, I know that mothers typically project their own things, their own eating limitations, beliefs, stuff around food. And I mean, I could go on and on about the stories that we have about food in our bodies onto their children unknowingly. So can you talk a little bit about how you, how you approach this? You know, it's such an interesting evolution. When we left to Travel Australia, my focus was on empowering kids. So we went into schools and we would teach kids about, you know, the why behind needing to eat more fruits and vegetables and how to read packet labels and, you know, not saying that packets are evil, but to actually say, is this one I want to put in my body or should I find a better one? And that's where this all started. And As things have unfolded, we've developed programs to help families in the home as a family unit. So I do cook-alongs, you know, to teach kids kitchen skills, like we're leading up to Mother's Day. And this Mother's Day, the kids in my membership are making mum a complete roast meal, you know, including a dessert, pan juice, gravy, everything, you know. So their skills and their independence have started to totally change. But the one thing that I constantly have seen over the last eight months that are bringing families undone, like the families who aren't making the move with their kids, expanding their palate or mealtimes becoming peaceful, are the mums that you were just talking about who are carrying a lot of baggage and I guess expectations as well, like the very things that they didn't, you know, enjoy at as a child, they find themselves doing, you know, like mum used to be so strict that, you know, when I left home, I ate ridiculously and then I got sick and I'm still trying to fix myself. So now I'm being super strict with my kids because I don't want them to end up being sick. But the very thing that that's doing is actually pushing their kids further away. There's like resentment building up. So the fascinating thing is, is that's what we actually need to address. We think we need to address the kids and the limited amount that they actually eat. But when we take a step back and we let go of the stuff that we're bringing to it, then our kids are more free to open up. So I try to actually encourage people to focus on the connection and the unification that you get around food rather than the actual food because we need to have a relationship to all kinds of food, you know, foods that help our bodies and foods that don't help our body, because we need to know those foods that don't help our body so that we can go, oh, I'm not going to do that all the time. Right. 
that's what so many people don't understand is like, I don't believe in good or bad foods. There's just foods. They're neutral. It's the meaning that we attach to them that makes them good or bad. So are there foods that are healthier versus unhealthy? Absolutely. But when you stop demonizing food and you make choices from a place of yes or no, instead of should or shouldn't, and all the rules, you can step into that empowered relationship with food and you can empower your kids around it as well. What I find with so many women though, is they don't trust themselves with food. They don't trust themselves with food. And then they're trying to correct that, overcorrect it with their kids, which then just creates more arguments and stress. Or this is good when parents are, they will eat things that they would never give to their kids. So they're trying to make their kids eat all the things, right? The healthy things. It's got to be, you got to have your vegetables, you got to have your this, you got to have your that. But then mom is over at the side picking on the other things and eating stuff that she would never give to her kids. And what women don't understand is that kids see and hear and they pick up on everything. They look at what you're saying and they look at what you're doing and it creates a disconnect in them. Because wait a minute, how come I'm not allowed to have that, but you're allowed to have that, but I'm eating this, but you're not eating this. Why are you, you know, kids unconsciously recognize when their parents are caring more for them and they're not caring for themselves. And that's problematic as well. So when you bring these moms and you work with some dads too, don't you? Or is it primarily moms that you're working with? Um, Our membership is for the whole family. So we do have a handful of dads that uh, jump in. Um, and, you know, every three months Israel runs a dad's chat specifically for dads. But by and large, the lion's share of feeding kids and their health tends to fall on mum's shoulders. And that's one of the things that we're trying to, you know, get mum to realise that it's not all her job. When, you know, when you let go of the control and you allow your kids to step up and take part, then they actually take responsibility for their health as well. You know, we focus quite a lot on the feeling behind the doing. You know, like it's a fact. You have to feed your kids every single day. So if you're going to do it, do it in a way that actually makes you feel good. Put on your favourite podcast. Put on, you know, like your your favourite playlist. And now we've actually got kids who are in the kitchen with their playlists. So, you know, your energy that you bring to this is mirrored back. If you come home from work and you're rushing through the door and you throw your keys down and you're all in a a stress ball of preparing your food, then that energy is reverberating around the house. By the time everyone comes to the table, everyone's, you know, like a ball of jumbled energy and that totally undoes, you know, anything that you you serve up because it's the energy that they're picking up on and no one likes to really eat when they're stressed like eat your vegetables what they want to eat is the salty sugary you know like that kind of food that is eating your broccoli doesn't actually cut it when you're stressed no because it's not you know one of those soothing foods right because we Mm. you know we so often use food to numb out So you don't, you know, when you're having a rough day, you don't crave a bowl of broccoli. That's when you're looking for the chocolate or or the cookies. So what you said there was so important because what I've seen for decades in my work is women treating food like an afterthought, right? Like 
it's either like, it's this job, it becomes this job. So they're either, you know, obsessive about it and how they're eating because they're trying to manipulate their body or they're just like, throw it in the fucking bucket. And they're not, you know, they're not paying attention to it at all. And our kids are constantly mirroring back to us our internal state. So like you said, if we're coming stressed and it's like, oh my God, I have to cook dinner. And then why don't you like my dinner and feelings of resentment. And I just work so hard all day and I spend all this time in the kitchen and, you know, they make it mean that their children don't love them if they're not eating the food. Like there's so much energy and beliefs that we're working from. And then we wonder why our kids aren't behaving well at the dinner table, but they're simply just little energetic sponges like I said, reflecting back to us how we're feeling on the inside. So I'm sure you must see that in your membership a lot where you've got moms that are just, I spent hours cooking dinner and then Johnny didn't eat it. Yeah. When you look at the starting point surveys that people complete when they join, it does tend to be around, you know, like there's not enough wide enough variety or they're eating too slow. So, you know, my response to that is always compared to what, you know, you use this on me all the time. Is it a them problem or is it a you problem, Belle? Well, I kind of use that with my mums as well because, you know, if you're coming to the table and you're expecting your kids to eat it in five minutes flat, why is that the magical number that they should be eating in? And why is it that you need to get away from the table so urgently? And do they actually even understand that that's an expectation that you have? So there's all of these things that we're bringing to it that, you know, are are impacting, like you're thinking, oh, they're eating too slow, but that's compared to your expectation that you need to be finished in five minutes so you can go do the dishes so you can get them ready for bed. Correct. Right. So women are always operating from this face of like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And speaking of food as an afterthought right? Most of the women that I've worked with in the past, they don't even sit down and slow down and chew their food. They're like eating things on the run. So they're not even having reverence for their food or meal time. And then they're putting those again, projecting that stuff onto their kids, thinking their kids should be eating fast. But what if their kids are eating at exactly the right pace? And that's how you develop a healthy relationship with food by chewing it, enjoying it, allowing your body to actually know when it's full because you haven't eaten so fast that your, you know, your stomach and your brain haven't even had a chance to connect. I just, I find it so fascinating, right? Because it is, it's, it's not a kid problem more often than not. It's a mom problem. So how do you shift them? So these moms that are feeling, you know, resentful about putting time into cooking and their kids aren't eating and their kids are eating too, too slow and, Where do you start people? When people start working with you, when these moms start working with you, where are they versus like, where do they end up after they've been in your membership or they've done one of your programs? Where they start is they usually join from the perspective that dinner time's stressful, never, it always ends in arguments or it's a constant battle, like fight a dollar for every time (laughs) I've heard that. And their kids aren't eating a wide enough variety or they're really worried about their kids' health. As, you, as they start to come into the program, the very first thing that I get them to go through is my Empowering Kids Framework. So I've got like, it's, it's almost like my toolkit. You've got seven different tools that you can go to, but the very first one that you need to become a master at is actually the R letting go. 
So, you know, we get them to think about all the things they say around food and feeding their kids and their kids' health, you know. So that even gets them to drill down to, you know, point out that my partner's got his own stash and that undoes everything, you know, all of those kinds of statements. So we go through that exercise of writing them all down and let's look at them and reframe them, you know. So we start to train them that to say rather than my child's a fussy eater, you know, right now my child's got their own preferences and we're working on expanding that. You know, it's so much more freeing I love that. than, you know, like this box. And, you know, I'm just going to say this in the, in the podcast as if people were in my membership because one of the things that's really important is when we say things about our kids, when we attach labels, it's akin to what happens when your kid's in the schoolyard and someone says, you smell, or your lunchbox is yuck. You know, when we say you're, you know, you're a fussy eater or stop being so fussy or you're a picky eater, our kids attach that label just like the schoolyard label of you smell. They carry it around as part of them. And we don't actually see the level of hurt that that's actually bringing them. So, you know, Everyone has preferences. And just recently I shared a poster saying something along the lines, what's the one food that you didn't like when you were you were forced to eat when you were growing up and you, you don't eat it now as an adult? And the original post that I shared had had over 200,000 comments on it. Whoa. You should sit. I know, right? And then I've just shared that and put my own spin on it, asking a question, and it's gone ballistic. So, these are all stored memories that we have as adults that we're bringing to it. And I even discovered it myself. Like I barely serve peas in my family. Because... I hate peas. I hate <laughs> exactly. Peas. So, you know, like I only ever ate them when they were drenched in mint sauce as a child, but my mum used to make us eat them. And so I don't subsequently haven't really had them in our house. So you can see how powerful our memories from childhood are and what we bring to the table. So everything we're doing at the dinner table is creating those kinds of memories for our kids. So we have to ask ourselves, what's the priority here? If we're thinking of health of being a long-term game, isn't the health about having a positive relationship with food rather than focusing on eat your broccoli or eat your peas now? You know, yeah, it's, um, and this is if women could wrap their brains around this, right? It's mm. about the relationship that they're having with food and all those stories, right? Because you went through my weight loss from within program when it was running, mm. right? We would see the the women's stories about the things they believed about food, and these created these subconscious patterns that just keep running and running and running. And they don't even realize that here they are as adults, something that they picked up, a story that they picked up when they were young is still impacting and influencing them as adults. It's crazy pants, right? Like it's so funny about the peas. My mom would put the peas in my macaroni. And as a kid, like macaroni was like, you know, it was like, I get macaroni today. It was like a very cool thing. Right. And if there were peas in it, it would ruin the whole experience of macaroni or peas in a casserole, I still, I, I still can't bring a pea to my mouth. Wow, there you go. That's how powerful, you know. Like this is 
the stored memories that we bring. But when we actually allow that to overtake what we're doing for our kids, I mean, I talk about this thing called fear love. So we we do a lot of things for our kids and we want a lot of things for our kids thinking it's coming from a place of love. But when we actually really become honest with ourselves, underlying that is fear. Yes. You know, like, so we want our kids to eat the peas. We want them to eat the broccoli, you know, like they don't have a wide enough palate. It's all because we've got this underlying fear that if they don't eat more, they're not going to, you know, or they're going to get sick. Right. So, you know, fear love, we actually need to start to ask ourselves, you know, where is this, where is this actually coming from? Because if you ask yourself and it's a fear, then that's when you need to take a step back and go, okay, I need to really practice that letting go, you know, and that's the biggest part that's missing. I agree. You know, when we come to this planet, when we're born, we, you know, grow into children who can eat, we just instinctually and intuitively know how to eat. And some days we're hungry and some days we're not. And some days we want peas and other days we never want to see peas again, right? Like kids figure it out. And then adults get involved in teaching the kids how to eat. And it's literally like we rewire their brains. And then as adults, we're sitting here not knowing how to eat. Like, think about that. Like we are hardwired human beings to know how to eat. Yet most adults are like, I don't know what to eat. What diet should I follow? Do, do I eat meat? Do I eat veggies? Do I go vegetarian? Do I, like, is, is, you know, bread bad for you? Like, we get ourselves so confused about food when food is really, really at the core simple. And we all know what is healthy for the most part and what is not, right? Like I used to say in my nutrition program, if it walks the earth, flies in the sky, comes off of a tree or a bush, swims in the ocean, it's probably going to be good for you, right? If it comes from a box or a bag down a grocery store aisle, manufactured, it's not going to be as good for you, right? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what is healthy versus what is not. But again, we get our hands in there on our kids because we've also been programmed when we were kids about what it looks like to eat. And then you throw in, you know, body image issues. And like you said, all this fear-based stuff, do you know how many moms are approaching their kids because they don't want their kids to have that same experience in school as being overweight that they had? And I've had to say to some of the clients that I work with, like, your kids can't have your experience. It's not possible. They're having their experience of life. But look at how you're projecting your fears because you don't want them to feel that way. Right? So now you're giving them your stories, but they didn't have that story to start with because they haven't lived your life. So this work is just so, so important, right? So we're using the doorway of kids' health because that's really at the core of everything. But you truly understand that it all starts with the parents because this, you know, the six-year-old isn't going to be grocery shopping. And at the end of the day, the problem you're really trying to solve is, is how can everybody have that healthy relationship with food around the dinner table? How can you cultivate an environment where food isn't good or bad and that choice is okay and that eating slow is fine and having a conversation and neutralizing food is okay. So I really love this work you're doing. This is why I wanted you, you know, this is why I wanted you to come on the podcast because I said to you, you're on your little island over there 
It's a beautiful island. I hope to one day get there. But there's the whole world that really needs this work because, again, this chronic illness, we see it in adults as well. And it's really a problem for how we want to move forward as a global society. We have to, hopefully, this will open people's eyes up to how important it is to be focused on our health and well-being, emotionally, physically, the relationship we're having with food, the relationship we're having with the earth, like we're all interacting. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was really excited to be able to share you with my listeners so that we can get more eyeballs on what you're doing in the world and how you're really changing families. So give me an example of a family that came into your membership or one of your programs that were kind of a hot mess. And now, because that's really what it is, right? Like dinner, dinner time is like chaos. And now you know, the kids are thriving, the parents are thriving. Like, what does that look like? Is that possible? Because I know there's moms listening that are like, that is not possible. That is not possible. It is totally possible. Um, look, I've got goosebumps actually just thinking about this family. I know she won't mind me mentioning her name, Claire. She's an incredible, incredible mom, as we all are, by the way. Uh, when she joined our membership her family rarely come to the table. They ate different things. In her words, both her kids, they're both, one's a tween and one's a teenager, so they're both in high school here in Australia. And they didn't eat very wide variety. That was her big concern. She was worried they were going to get sick. They lived off quite a lot of takeaway and packaged food. They've been in, our, in my membership for about eight months now and she has finally, she will tell you that this is the biggest change that's happened, even though the very first thing we bring them onto is the art of letting go. Like that's the first kit, you know, first item in the toolkit. The thing that's made the biggest difference for her all of these months later is actually really going back to that starting point. I ran a, a beta program of my Peaceful Meals for Mums program and she took part in that. And that was where she actually realised that, oh, it's not the food that I need to concentrate on. It's the connection that I need to concentrate on. And so now she's got her and a husband and her two kids. They come to the table together, not every night of the week because they've got activities. But when they do, she said, you know, my daughter says, hey, Dad, exactly what is it that you do in your work? And then she said, she actually asked me how my day was. There was no arguing. We sat there, we laughed. You know, now when we, her son is uh, 13, she says he starts to cook dinner and he puts his own playlist on. So he's got the feeling behind the doing happening. And, you know, she said, yeah, they're not eating, you know, as wide a variety as I'd like, but we're all coming together. We're eating real food. We barely eat packaged food anymore. You know, it takes something. It actually takes us to be the stand for not just our own children's health because when we do it for our children, we always want to do stuff for our children. If we do it for our children by default, if we're playing the game properly and role modelling, we do it for ourselves, you know, and that starts with simple things like start with a glass of water in the morning, make sure you're having a better lunch yourself, you know, like all of these things that our kids see, you know, and you you, know, you coach me on this all the time, but, you know, I do the same thing with my mums, which is, you know, 
if you're overhelping your kids, you're creating helpless adults. So we need to let them take part in the responsibility of their health. We need to bring them along for the ride. And it actually starts with us. I agree. I couldn't agree more. You know, being responsible for your health, it takes work, but it's worth it. Right. As I say, you either make time for wellness or you're going to have to make time for illness. And nobody wants to see their kids getting sick. But that also means that as parents, we have to lead by example, which requires doing things a different way, which is uncomfortable for most. But it for me, there is no greater, there's no greater payoff than my my health and well-being and the health and well-being of my kids. So we certainly don't do things perfectly over here. But you know, I believe that my kids are going to have a healthy relationship with food. Some of the stuff that I've put down, they're not interested in picking up and that's okay. They have the right to choose, especially now as you know, my two older ones are out in the world. But I do believe that the lessons that they learned as they were growing up, they'll be able to circle back around to as they get older, as these things, you know, continue to become a bigger priority for them. I mean, they're 20 something. They're not really in the, I want to eat all the broccoli stage. They're in the like, can't I just go hang out with my friends and drink beer stage right now, which is where exactly where they're supposed to be. But anyways, I digress. You're right there. We have to actually trust, don't we? We trust that we've actually done enough at home that when they move out of home, they will drink the beer, they'll have the pizza, they'll do takeout, and then they'll go, oh, my body's feeling rubbish. It might take them years, but they'll know what to go back to. And then we've done our job. And that's all we can do as parents, right? It comes back to the letting go, like teach the lessons, model by example, right? Be the adult you want your kid to grow into and let go because they're going to find their way and they're going to make choices that you might not always like. I know that happens in my world. But we can lay the foundation and we can do it differently and in the process, heal our own relationship with food and our bodies and, the, you know, the stuff that we were programmed with. So where can everybody find you, Belle? And you talked about you've got an ebook out, Five Ways to De-Stress Dinner. Yes. So everybody can find that over at, is it The Root Cause or just Root Cause? The T-H-E-T-H-E-R-O-T-C-A-U-S-E dot A-U because you're in Australia. Yeah, dot com dot A-U. Dot com dot A-U. I will put this in the show notes because now I've totally butchered it. So therootcause.com dot A-U forward slash dinner. And you can get your copy of this ebook five ways to de-stress dinner and please make sure that you check out that you're on Instagram too under the root cause yeah so yeah make sure you're following Belle and her work especially if you've got kids especially if you know you've been struggling with your own relationship with food and you want to educate your kids in a different way she has years of experience and just is an unbelievable leader and teacher and I'm really looking forward to seeing your work get out in the world in a much better way, Belle. Is there anything you want to leave my listeners with? Yeah, look, I would. Thank you, Lisa. I just want everyone to really take on a little mantra, which is that I'm at peace and I appreciate the efforts I've made today. Okay, Mm -hmm. really acknowledge yourself for the efforts that you've made 
today because we often forget that we're doing a pretty pretty awesome job already. So just be at peace with that. Yeah, being a mom is not for the faint at heart. No. Toughest job on the planet. I swear even last night, like I fed Jake dinner and I turned around and 10 minutes later, he's like, when am I having dinner? I'm like, we just had dinner. You need to eat again. And he did, right? Like he's an aggressor. So he's eating again. But I was like, I had to take a deep breath as a mom because I was ready to like exit the kitchen for the night. So it is, you know, being a mom is just, it's not always an easy job, but it is absolutely worth it. And I love, and you know, I believe this, that our kids are here to grow us not the other way around. So our kids give us a huge opportunity to heal some of the things in ourselves that need to be healed. So thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation. I know there's a lot of great nuggets in here that people are going to take away. And I really look forward to having more people learn about your work and how they can support their kids and how they can support having beautiful family dinners together that are not all about yelling and uh, destruction and uh, the craziness that happens at dinner table, right? It's certainly not like the Norman Rockwell painting that so many of us believe in, right? The, the Disney version of a family. So I love the work you're doing, Belle. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for, for listening. Excellent. So I will see everybody or you'll hear me on the next episode. So make sure you check out Belle at therootcause.com dot au forward slash dinner and you can also find her over on instagram and on facebook as well and we'll put everything in the show notes so we'll make it super easy for people to find you all thank you i want you to be really honest with yourself when do you give your body attention is it only when you're criticizing it fighting with it trying to lose weight Or maybe it's when you're standing in front of a mirror and wishing it were different. I know that if you're like most women, you struggle with how your body looks and feels. I also know that for most of the women that I work with, the idea of loving their body is foreign. And yet they're sick of the endless cycle of dieting and gaining weight and losing weight and gaining weight and losing weight. And they keep waiting for the perfect time to make serious changes. However, that perfect time never seems to come. Maybe you can relate. Does this sound familiar? Because if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably realized that losing weight isn't going to solve all your problems. It's not going to make you feel good in your body. And it's not going to open the door to a new and better life. As I like to say, No unicorn is going to walk by and no glitter is going to fall from the sky. Listen, if you want to change your body and your relationship with it, and as a result, your life will change. Only you can take responsibility for that change. And only you can step into knowing that the right time is never coming. It has to be today. I say this with compassion, but you can't keep blaming other people or your circumstances for how you're feeling about yourself and your body. Life is always going to life. It's time for you to uncover the stories that are holding you back and change the behaviors that aren't serving you. I know this path doesn't feel easy 
And I want to help you because I know this process, this inside out process can lead to true transformation. I've created a three, three-day program called Weight Loss From Within. Inside, you'll explore self-guided journal prompts that will help you begin to shed the subconscious beliefs that have been holding you back from what you truly want for your body, your life, and the relationship you're having with yourself. Once you finish the three days, you'll have more clarity than ever on the stories that have been driving your behaviors. And you'll have the opportunity to go even deeper with the full version of Weight Loss From Within. I'm not going to ask if you're interested. I'm going to ask if you're ready. And I know that you are ready for lasting change and the chance to truly love your body. I invite you to join this three-day free training, Weight Loss From Within, and you can grab it by just heading over to lisacarpenter.ca forward slash three days and you can get started today.